Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor. And the honor to his Elsa, Jake. Gives you sports betting tips. I like that. You, you kind of reach it out on that one. Uh, I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're here, I have built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake Mod continues to roll this week yesterday of 16.5 units. We're up 24 units on the week for That's all huge. model. Yeah, it's huge. My picks on this podcast yesterday, I was excited about this. Uh, two pushes, which seems impossible, but eight, two, and two puts me at 17, 13, and three for the week. You're hanging at 500 for the week, so not too bad for yourself. What's the one thing we should know before we get started? Man, watching as we get towards the end of the regular season and even in the conference tournament, like a lot of these big time freshmen, they haven't played this level of competition this long. So their legs start to go. Like if you just want to walk, run through the last night, you had. Uh, Banchero went 2 of 13, A.J. Griffin 4 of 11, Jabari Smith 4 of 12, Blake Wesley from Notre Dame 3 of 13. They're just not used to this this level of play for this long at this point, so they need a little bit of a break. So that's why you see a lot of these bigger teams that depend on those guys fade a little bit, like Auburn and Duke are kind of – they're still winning games, but they're not pushing way over anymore. So you need, you need to kind of watch for that because they, they can very easily – lose their legs, and then all of a sudden the star team is dropping games they shouldn't. Yeah, good insight there. Uh, before we get to today's slate, a reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube, subscribe, or follow if you aren't yet. We appreciate both of those things, and they help us out greatly. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those. We're going to respond to as many as we can. Check our game breakdowns here. We've got five more for you again today. Yesterday we both went 2-2-1 two, two, and one in this segment. Uh, a bunch of games yesterday right around the number. So we put up on the screen Texas at nine was the official number we played. That turned out to be a push. Uh, Jake, I know you had locked in uh, on bet stamp. You had locked in eight and a half. So it was a win for you. And then we put up six and a half for that Colorado State-Wyoming game on the screen. That was the number at the time of recording. And so that turned out to be a win for you. But you had locked in six. It was a push. I mean, there were a lot of games like that yesterday that were just right around that number. Uh, a higher percentage than usual, I feel like, uh, depending on when you got, got your bet in. Yeah, yeah the books are got enough information right now. They pe- they pegging those lines pretty good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It always gets tighter and tighter as the season goes along. And so tonight we've got, again, five games for you. All of them are later in the day. I've got some early games for you in the buzzer beaters uh, segment, the Apex. But for the game breakdowns, they're all late ones. We're going to start off at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, Belmont at Murray State. Murray is a three-point favorite with a total of 145. I'm going over 145 as a B pick. The model thinks it should be 148. Neither has really been an over team, but this kind of reminds me um, a little bit of that Florida-Arkansas game from a few days ago, a little bit higher of a total, but one of those where, you know, neither team's been over, but yet that doesn't mean that the number is just completely, not just missing. I think with these two teams specifically, my take on it is that they don't tend to face offenses as good as each other in that conference. They tend to face very weak offenses. They can really suffocate these teams. Neither defense is great. They're both okay. Um, 
but a, an okay defense can really suffocate a bad offense. And so the, both these teams constantly have games where they're only allowing 45 points or 52 points or some number like that. It's not because they really play slow. Belmont wants to play pretty fast. So I think this one's going to have a lot more points, especially when they actually get up and down playing against a team that can score, unlike the majority of their games. So I'm going over 145. Jake, my question for you, as always, Murray, a three-point home favorite. Pegs the team's about equal. Can they? Can Murray win, and can they cover that short number of three? Yeah, yeah, I really do um, think they can. They won the first one by 22, um, and that was on the road. So I, I don't see, <laughs> what, 19-point swing when they come home. So that's I, I think they get it done. Also, Murray, this kind of goes against the point you're making with their defense. They're one of the three teams that are in the top 15 in both offense and defense efficiency, and that's the other two are Arizona and Gonzaga. So that is really impressive from a team like you said that's like doesn't run into a lot of a lot of hard competition and stuff. So they're they're get, like when it's adjusted for opponents and things, they're still way up there. Um, and this Murray State team is just very, very good. They shoot the ball well. They're obviously super efficient on offense. They don't they don't give, give the ball away unnecessarily in their defense. They they force people to shoot threes because of how how they play defense, and then they help they hold them to under thirty percent from three. So it's a very like very tough team to beat. And I look for them to make some noise, make a run in March. Uh, I really like this team a lot. And uh, Belmont. This is their last chance for a quad one win, really, unless they see Murray again in the OVC tournament. So I, I think they've got to have this one to even state a chance to make the tournament. If they, if they don't have this one, then they have to win the OVC. There's no way. So it should be I, what I think is probably the game of the night just because of how much is on the line, and you've got two really, really good teams going at it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, it should be a great game. And like I said, Belmont has to have this one. If they lose this one, um, they have to win the tournament period. Um, if they get this one, maybe you make an argument that if the Turk Championship game goes over time and, and you know, maybe Belmont sneaks in there, um, it would be really fun to get both these teams in. So I, I obviously I think Murray State, it sounds like it's probably in either way barring a collapse. So uh, at least come tournament, uh, conference tournament time, I'll be playing for Belmont because I want to see what both these teams can do against uh you know, different competition. You mentioned the efficiency. It's interesting. Uh, I, you know, Ken Palm has their efficiency at barely above average. You talked about your numbers. It, it just goes to, it's a good uh, time to point out, depending on which site you look at and what you're, you know, um, uh, how the efficiency is defined, you can see some slightly different metrics. And that's why we all come up with slightly different numbers. And so it's just kind of an interesting uh, take there. It's not quite as simple and straightforward. And, and, and it, it's, it, it does cause complications, but it is still better, even if the metrics disagree, to use those type of efficiency metrics wherever your favorite one is or look at multiple ones rather than just look at points per game. Because unlike points per game, while the numbers don't disagree, every site has the same points per game, um, it doesn't control for opponent and things of that nature, you know, pace. And so the efficiency metrics, while it's sometimes complicated and, and sometimes disagreeing, are still a better look. So it's just kind of an interesting discussion there. Um, same time slot, Ohio State at Illinois, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Illinois is a six-point favorite. The model thinks that Illinois should only be a four-point favorite. That makes this an A pick for me on Ohio State. I think it's too many points in a who-knows-what's-going-to-happen type game. Um, Jake, you're on Illinois. This is the rubber match. Now, this is three of our four episodes this week. I have had an A pick opposite of you, and – 
I don't think either of us feels like we deserve to win the one that we won. You know, we we split and the Indiana one earlier in the week and then that LSU Kentucky Mm -hmm. one last night working. I mean, LSU played great in the first half. And so if if you're with me on LSU, you know, that first half, he felt great. But that second half, you can't just ignore that. And it was abysmal. Kentucky gets out 15 with two minutes to go. And that's you're chalking that up to a loss. And then LSU comes back so you were split on these so far this is the rubber match to see uh who, who takes the crown this week in the a picks for on the for the professor versus you jake uh tell the people why illinois can cover six points with illinois i think it has a lot to do with being at home um, like obviously the home court is big um and there's not really a good matchup for kofi out there in the world uh and I think that's going to get Zed Key and uh, Young in foul trouble and force Liddell to be down there uh, towards the end of the game. And I think that's where they start to pull away because as good as Liddell is, he's just not like a back-to-the-bucket strong guy. He's a, he's a more athletic, quick guy. And that that's going to be really the key matchup to watch to see what Ohio State does with Kofi and what Illinois does with Liddell because Liddell's tall enough that uh, Illinois really doesn't have – somebody as tall as him and as athletic as him, especially with uh, Verdonka out. He was kind of like that kind of in-between guy for him that that I thought was going to play quite a bit, but he picked up a concussion in the last game, I think, is what I saw, and he was questionable for tonight. So even if he does play, nowhere near 100%. And even him at 100% is not a really good matchup for Liddell. But they, like – I think it's going to come down to turnovers, who's turning the ball over, and the home court advantage. And the way and Illinois shoots so much better at home, and I think that's where you're going to get the trouble is Kofi being able to go inside, inside out, and Illinois hits a few more threes than Ohio State does this time around. Yeah, it's it's like we talked about last night with the LSU Kentucky game. The key was can LSU avoid those stretches where they go scoreless? They ended the first half on about a four and a half minute scoreless run. They had some spurts in the second half where they didn't score very many. And that almost cost them. It took that crazy ending for it not to. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. The key to this game, we know that Kofi is going to get his, obviously is not going to be able to stop him, you know, short of getting in foul trouble like that. But the question is, can Liddell get his? And that's the one where what's Illinois going to do? How are they going to try to manage him switching off? You know, so that when he gets lower, you know, inside it's it's on Kofi. But can they switch the guard when it's outside to kind of balance that? It's very difficult to do. If Illinois can stop him, they're going to have an easy way to cover this. If they can't, though, I think Ohio State comes uh, is able to keep it close, potentially win and get the cover. So that's kind of the matchup to watch there. I will give you this, uh, listener, if you hear that and you see us disagreeing and not know what to do with it, I will say that over is probably a good look as well. If you noticed in the sheet last night, I put that total in there. It said over. Uh, so hopefully last night you got a number under that 140 and a half number that it sits today. you got to get over 139, 139 and a half, something like that, as the number keeps climbing. I still think I'd take over 140 and a half if it was me, but as that number continues to climb, it's going to get a little bit tougher uh, to be successful there. So that's kind of just an extra look there in case – in case you hear Jake and I disagreeing and don't know what to do with it, the over is a solid look, I think, in that one. Just half an hour after that, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, UCLA is a three-point road favorite at an Oregon team that, frankly, I just do not know what to expect from. I think you saw them Saturday against Arizona, and the same thing. They come out, you know, guns a-blazing and early on, um, hang in there with, with Arizona all game, have a chance to win at the end, but then they have times where they look 
completely useless as well. I don't know what to make of him. I'm going to ignore the side on this one. I'm going to take a total. I'm going to go all over 138 and a half. The model thinks it should be 140 and a half. The model is nine and six combined on over edges between these two teams. I think Oregon's going to have a hard time slowing UCLA down. I don't know if how much um, Oregon's going to score, but I think UCLA will be able to get enough points to get us over. Then the question is just does Oregon keep up with them? So, Jake, that's what I'm post to you. Can UCLA win by more than three on the road here? This is probably my least confident pick of the day. Um, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with UCLA. A um, little bit of mix of a revenge for losing by three at home in overtime. Um, this both these teams is are just inc- I can't figure them out. Um, at times I think at times this year I thought Oregon was going to make a run and then they just drop and same thing with UCLA and then with Tiger Campbell possibly being out it makes it r- real tough to make a call here. But like I said I'm going with UCLA because that defense they have is very very good. They're top ten in almost every metric that matters. Um, and they force around 14-ish turnovers a game. And I think that's going to be the difference, and especially with Oregon's terrible free throw shooting, hitting below 70%. That I think that really cuts into it, and UCLA wins probably under 10. But I'm not super confident in this one. Yeah, and you talk about those turnovers. That's going to get UCLA some quick points leading to that overworking really well. I think the question is just can Oregon do like they did against Arizona? Arizona's also got a really good defense, and can they score? It's It's – Tough to say exactly how that will uh, play out, given the inconsistency for both teams. Which takes us to our late game of the night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central, Arizona, an 11-point road favorite at Utah with a total of 150. It's an A-pick for me on Arizona at minus 11. It's an A-pick simply because this morning we locked it in. It's 11 minus 105, so in case you're concerned about things like that, 11 minus 110 would fall just below my threshold for an A-pick. Obviously, if you can get down at 10 and a half or 10 later in the day, that would also be an A pick. The model thinks 12 and a half, 13 is a more appropriate number. I haven't seen Utah play, I'm not sure at all this year. So I can't really give any analysis on that. All I can say is Arizona is really good, both on the offensive and the defensive end. Bottom line, Arizona should win. It's more likely they win by a lot than a little. I think it's that simple. Doesn't mean they won't just win by seven, doesn't mean they won't just win by four, but I see a lot more scenarios where they win by 15. 17, 20, then scenarios where they only win by eight. What's your take? Yeah, I don't know how this isn't a blowout tonight. I think Arizona is just going to run them out of their own building, um, especially with Utah's leading score being questionable for tonight. And I don't think he played last game with Carlson. Uh, Brendan Carlson's name. Like, Utah's just not very good anywhere. And I, so I really I don't understand. I thought this line would be closer to like that 13, 14 number. And then I'd start questioning it, but at 11, I think that's a steal, and I think Arizona just runs them out of the building. Yep, absolutely. I tend to lean a little bit more dog-heavy than not. If I, as I try to calibrate my numbers, I try to be about 55, 45 on dogs. There's usually a little bit more value there. So I like you. I expect this to be 13, 14 at this number. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Arizona is the side you want to look to. Which takes us to kind of a new segment rather than talk me out of. Jake, you've been so good in these segments. I'm not going to have you try to talk me in or out of anything. I'm just going to call it solo Jake. I'm just going to let you have the floor. I'm not going to say anything. We're going to give the people what they want. This is a game that I don't have a great edge on. So I'm just going to tee it up for you. Gonzaga uh, on the road at San Francisco is a 10-point road favorite. What you got for us? Yeah, this is kind of the same kind of scenario with Arizona. I'm not very sure where this line came from. That's putting in a lot of – respect to San Francisco's defense that I don't know is truly earned. And 
I know they're a good three-point shooting team and a good jump shooting team, but they have, they really haven't run into a team like Gonzaga before, who's also three and one as a road favorite. I mean, they don't get very uh, they're they're on the road quite a bit as a favorite, so they do fairly well. They they rank both second in offense and defensive efficiency with the numbers I look at, and they also rank second in effective field goal percentage, and in their the top twenty in tw- uh, three point percentage. Uh, so they're just really good all around, but that doesn't really need to be said. You've, you've also got Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. That that's just an incredible one-two punch. And I really, I really don't know where this game gets under ten at. And I mean, San Francisco would have to play out of their mind, hit everything, be really good on defense, and then somehow also slow down Chet Holmgren and Timmy, who can just stretch the floor on you at any point. So I really, I really just don't understand San, the respect for San Francisco here. So I think Gonzaga runs runs them out of their own building again. All right, all right, there you go. And then that takes us to our overtime A plays two zero and one yesterday. The push being Washington State, and we talked about this in the comment section. I don't know if any of y'all scrolled through that. Um, it's an interesting case, you know, closing line value just not having the same meaning it's had in years past. And I think this game last night was a perfect indication. The game closed, I think, closer to 10. And so if you laid eight and a half, you got great closing line value and still didn't win. And so to me, the lesson isn't necessarily so much try to get a great closing line value. It's just try to get the best of the number, right? So keep track of when you're betting. You always want to shop around and get better numbers because better numbers are going to lead to better results. But it doesn't quite necessarily mean values equals win because on that one, you needed to get the perfect number. Uh, it did hang around there for plenty for a long time, but you need to get that number just to eke away with the push there. Um, so just something interesting there to think about. The other two eights, Apex in this segment one, that puts me five, three, and one on the week. And I've got five of them for you today. I'm going to start off with 6 p.m. Central, Middle Tennessee State, minus six and a half versus Marshall. I'm six and one on B plays of Middle Tennessee State. This is the first A pick on them. And four and two on fades of Marshall. I think at six and a half, this is a great number. At seven, I still think it's solid. So I think you got um, some good value here. Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State either blows them out or can get there with fouls. Also at 6 p.m. Central, Western Illinois minus 12 versus Omaha. Western Illinois hasn't been great to us, but we are 4-2 and two on A fades of Omaha. It should be a high-scoring game, which is going to make it easier for this game to get out of hand rather than one with a lower total. Uh, I noticed the total's in the 155 range. That should help us get over that number of 12. 6 p.m. also Central Time. Florida International plus 8 at Charlotte. I think that's just too many points. Got some value there. Uh, similar situation out west, late game, 9 p.m. Central. UC San Diego is plus nine at Long Beach State. I have nothing compelling to say about these teams other than I'm just trusting the process. And my A-plus play of the day, we are 14-12 and one on these 6.30 Central time. One of my alma maters, Save Houston State, plus seven at SFA. It's a rivalry game. It's too many points, Jake. We talked a lot about Save Houston State's crappy free throw shooting. Mattering less at plus seven than it does minus seven, right? I hate laying a bigger number with the team that can't shoot free throws because they cannot put it away. Being plus seven, probably less of a big deal because they won't be the one shooting free throws at the end. Jake, you got one thing to say about any of those? Yeah, the MTSU has been uh, the best cover team in the nation for the last couple weeks. We mentioned it last time we had them. So let's just keep riding that train until it gives us a reason to get off. All right, all right, and that will turn it to you for your buzzer beaters. 
I actually really between uh, the games we have going like in all your apex and everything, I really don't have any ones that I can add anything to. I agree okay. with the vast majority of the ones you have, so it's I don't want to just force one out there. All right, hey. the way they're going this week, maybe forcing them is not not the way to go today. Absolutely, absolutely, you have to respect that. All right, so I will give you my buzzer beaters four and oh yesterday was a fantastic day puts me six and three on the week up about 10 units here in our last 10 days i'm gonna go back to when i started up yesterday my favy fave my favorite favorite a 6 p.m central uh star early local time there i'm going northern illinois minus three and a half versus idaho state northern arizona is bad but idaho state is worse so i think northern arizona wins that one Every dog has its day version 2.0. We got our win here yesterday. I'm going to go Maryland uh, plus six and a half at Indiana, 3-0 on ARB plays of Maryland. And this is a shameless reminder of to everyone how Indiana uh, sucked on Monday. So I uh, just had to get that back in there. Uh, the best B-side, though, my favorite B-pick of all, 15-11 in the segment, 5.30 Central Time, William & Mary plus nine at Northeastern. We are 7-1 on ARB fades of Northeastern. The list of teams Northeastern should be a nine-point favorite over is really short. It's not very many teams. Um, look, if William can't get it done, Mary does, right? That's the only way it works, right? That's the only way it works. All right, over of the day. So I've got total. I got two totals of the day. I'm going to give you an over of the day and an under of the day. I'm going to give you over 6 p.m. Uh, Mount St. Mary's at Sacred Heart. I'm going to go over 133 and a half. The model is 11 and six, and Mount St. Mary's over edges. They want to slow it down, but not as much as the totals are showing. Sacred Heart has an awful defense. We're eight and four in Sacred Heart over edges. And I've even projected them under their actual results. I think there's a lot of ways that we can get over a low number. And then my last one for you here, the under of the day. We got here to the window yesterday. I'm going six, uh, 7.30 Central under, 123 and a half in Moorhead State at Eastern Illinois. This one will be an ugly one. Uh, Eastern Illinois plays slow. They have the second worst offense, according to Ken Palm. I don't see how they get to 50 in this one. Moorhead no, has no incentive to push past 70. They play just as slow. They have a better defense than offense. It's a, it's a low number, but this is going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. As I have to remind people, you don't have to watch them to make the monies on them, people. And I don't think you want to watch that one at all. No, that, that was Moorhead. They're just going to feed Broom, who's having – I think he's in top five in the nation in double-doubles. They're just going to take their time working around feed him. So the under is probably a really good play there. All right. And that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in this episode. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every week of the college basketball season. Usually a live Q&A episode on Saturday mornings. I tweeted about this uh, yesterday. Jake has a scheduling conflict. So Saturday we're going to run our normal episode. It will drop around that same time. And then we will both be monitoring the comments. So if you want to ask about some games, we'll do our best to kind of interact there and give you the best experience we can. Uh, and then we'll be back the next Saturday with another live show. We'll see you tomorrow. We're bringing back Cousin Jared for that episode. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.